I was wrong, I got my point across. They depicted me the boss. Of course, my orange box color make the world go round. Plus, I'm fucking bitches at my homegirls now. Start stacking, dabbled in crack, gun packing. Nickname Medina made the scene of soap, my Nina's. From gym class to in glass, pass off for global. The only nigga with a mobile. Can't you see like total? Getting larger and wasting taste. Ain't no telling where the spelling is heading. Just in case, keep a shell at the tip of your melon. Clear the space. Your brain was a terrible thing to waste. Enterprising, I ain't have to be in school by 10. I then began to encounter with my counterparts on how to burn the block apart. Break it down into sections. Drugs by these selections. Some use pipes, others use injections. Serene sold separately. Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson like my dick was missing. To protect my position, I'll corner my layer. While we out here, say the hustler's prayer. If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man. Take a better stand, put money in my mom's hand. Get my daughter this college plan, so she don't need no man. Stay far from timid, only make moves when your heart's in it. And live the free sky's the limit. was young, I had to pay a leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm throwing tigers on my shirt and alligators. Uh-huh. You want to see the inside, huh? i see you later. They come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh-huh. They come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh-huh. Here comes respect. His crew's your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man, ah, big man, they never try. So we roll with them, uh, stole with them, 
I was wrong, I got my point across. They depicted me the boss. Of course, my orange box color make the world go round. Plus, I'm fucking bitches at my homegirls now. Start stacking, dabbled in crack, gun packing. Nickname Medina made the scene of Tope Maninas. From gym class to English, passed off for global. The only nigga with a mobile. Can't you see like total? Getting larger and wasted taste. Ain't no telling where this felon is heading. Just in case, keep a shell at the tip of your melon. Clear the space. Your brain was a terrible thing to waste. Enterprising, I ain't have to be in school by 10. I've been began to encounter with my counter parts of how to burn the block apart. Break it down into sections. Drugs by these selections. Some use pipes, others use injections. Syringe sold separately. Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson like my dick was missing. To protect my position, me. I hope it makes me a better man. Take a better stand. Put money in my mom's hand. Get my daughter this college plan so she don't need no. Stay far from timid, only make moves when your heart's in it, and live the free sky's the limit. Ah, man. How's it going, everybody? <sighs> What's up, guys? All right, man. So... What's going on man we're back we're back with another edition of unscripted we're back with another edition of unscripted man um we got a lot to talk about man we have a lot to talk about 
Um, <sighs> AEW Dynamite, bro. What happened? What? And I'm not even just talking about this week's show. What the fuck happened to wrestling on Wednesday night, man? What? It's the best one, man. God damn it. Whew. This show, although there was a little, although there was good, there was the Jericho segment, there was the MJF and Adam Cole, uh, there was, um, there was that stuff, but for all that, there was an Orange Cassidy opener, there was fucking a fucking motherfucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Whew. Dude. This episode of AEW Dynamite was fucking rough, to say the least. Um, I have not enjoyed this show in a minute, dude. Um, honestly. Yeah, this, this I have not enjoyed this show in a, in a minute. I mean, you know, some weeks... They put on a show and you're like, okay, just do that mm-hmm. every week, you know, just so follow that. You know what I mean? But <sighs> every time we have one of those weeks, man, we just get another stretch of two weeks that, that don't fucking make any sense. And, um, man, it. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, so we definitely got to hold them accountable, bro. But we're we'll be going over that first. Um, we'll be going over that first. Hey, what is going on, Logan? Thanks. Oh, that's dope, dude. Yeah. Hey. Um. Uh, so we're definitely gonna hold them accountable, man. We definitely got to hold WWE accountable for for some stuff too. Raw was uh kind of boring tonight, and and there was just a lot of kind of stupid. There was just it was um Chad Gable and, and Gunther was just fucking Vince McMahon's wet dream for for a match you know he puts together a match that fans want to see and it's a fucking fantastic match but it just has an awful finish you know and it, it was fucking it really was Vince McMahon's wet dream of a, of an advertised match we can't pull the match cuz we already advertised it so We'll give him a fuck finish. Um, not that the fuck finish was a bad thing, but it was the way they went about it for me. Um, the way Chad Gable was like celebrating afterwards. Um, like, oh, you didn't win the title. Yeah, it just kind of. Yeah, it just kind of looked a little. It looked a little weird to me. Yeah, I'm raw. Raw to me wasn't wasn't bad. Um, there was just kind of there was just spots that were very boring. And then, uh, dude, fucking. So we originally get a the the crowd made the show a lot better tonight. Um, but um, the fucking the. The main event with the same, with the fucking same four, which ended up being six, out of like eight characters we see in the main event every week. It's Judgment Day, and it's either Seth, Cody, Sammy, 
or, or or now Kevin, but before you could probably interchange that with like, mm, I guess nobody really. It was kind of just that that seven or eight crop of guys. So, oh god, it fucking it, it it can be infuriating, man. It can be infuriating. Um, uh, it, it's just uh, like I do I do not know why they just didn't put Chad Gable and Gunther in the main event of the fucking show. It makes the IC title look more important because you're putting it in the main event slot of your card. I'm running it raw. But on top of that, it was a fucking really good match. It was a really good fucking match, and the crowd was into it. So, And I get it's Sammy and, and Kevin's homecoming or whatever. Have that open the fucking show. I, like, what the oh, fuck? Exactly. Have it open and the like, show. Mm -hmm. Like you said, him winning in the way he won wasn't bad. No. It's the fact that he was like working out afterwards. Man was going like nuts. at least you know, like sell it, like sell like he was like you barely won the fucking match, like you barely did what you did. That would have been great, but yeah, you're fucking working out and you didn't win nothing. You he, won, but it doesn't count. Yeah, he was like fucking marking out, and the crowd's kind of just looking like. Why the fuck is he marking out and commentary selling it? Oh my god, he just won. He just won. He just won. It's like I it left me questioning myself at the time where I'm like, was this for the IC title? I'm like, cause why is he like he why knows he, he didn't win the title, right? Like you would like like if he threw his hands up and then immediately was like, fuck. He was like like if he threw his hands up like, damn, I won. And oh, then yeah, he, he, like, threw his hands up, and then he, like, quickly realized, like, oh, fuck, I, like, fuck, I didn't win the title. It would have made a lot more sense, but that man was just going nuts. I mean, you would have thought he was fucking Daniel Bryan in 2014. That man was fucking getting down, dropping down to his knees like fucking Kurt Angle in 98. I'm like, what the, f like, what, is, did, he, I'm like, was this match not for the IC title? I'm like, why is he going so nuts right now? I don't know, man, but it wasn't a it wasn't a bad idea. Obviously, you're not going to end Gunther's reign 18 days before he breaks the record. So the fuck finish was the right idea. It's just how they went about it. It was kind of just like, huh? And then Gunther yeah. got mad at Imperium for it, and they're like blaming Giovanni Vinci. Like, what the fuck? Like, what? Dude, I'm so sick of them doing that shit. I swear to God, bro. Like, dude, why? Like, Gunther did an interview, like, a month ago, where he said he doesn't want to add to Imperium, um, and he doesn't want to break up, because he thinks they're great, and he thinks that they're a faction that doesn't need to break up, and they don't. What you need to do is just utilize uh, Giovanni Vinci and fucking Ludwig Kaiser as a tag team more than you do now. I mean, stop using them as lackeys. Like with the Bloodline, in the beginning of the fucking Bloodline shit, it sucked because the Usos were literally just lackeys. But what happened in 2022 and 23? Those guys were like the one of the main focal points. Even before the Bloodline broke up, they were like a huge part of the fucking group as a dominant tag team. And then they just became a huge part of the story with, you know, all their all the angles that they ran this year. So they're important to the group. And you need to start doing that with those two because they're one of the best tag teams you have. There's no reason why you should have the fucking emo Raiders getting television time and having 
and having all these other fucking having a stale new day and Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle on your on on your tag team division, but you don't have any room for Imperium. I don't know, man. Right. I don't get it. No, I really don't get it, man. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it's so stupid, bro. It's so fucking stupid. But, um, yeah, man, I guess we could just go ahead and hop right into the intro. Um, so we can go ahead and go over All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. All right, man. So... What is going on, guys? We are back with yet again another edition of the Notorious Heels podcast, and this is another edition of Notorious Unscripted. And this is episode 157 of Unscripted Man. And with that, if this is your first time watching, guys, do not know how the show works. Every Monday, we're on here with Notorious Unscripted, and every Friday, we are on here with the news. Um, if you guys did miss this past Friday's edition of the news, the CM Punk drama continues. You hear me and Sir K for the first hour of the show, more like hour and a half, really, um, go over all of the CM Punk drama and our thoughts on it and what um, and and what uh, we think about that whole situation um, and, what, and what we think about that whole situation and everything surrounding that. But, um, and Edge... Edge, this was Edge's last match on his current WWE contract, man. Where will Edge go? Um, I don't know, man. If, uh, fucking, if, if Edge goes to AEW, that man really hit the Judgment Day intro on the WWE fans. You think you know me? (laughs) You never did. We're on the other side. Oh, God damn it, it would have been perfect. Oh, fuck. These marks thought they knew him. They really did. They thought they knew him. So, um, if you guys did miss that, that is episode, I believe, 175. You guys can now watch that on all platforms. That is Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And if you want to see it first, join us right here live every Friday at 4 p.m. Central with the news, man. And with that, if you guys have not got a chance to get your hands on some of the official Notorious Hills podcast merchandise, you guys can now find this on the merch shop. That is bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this very video. Uh, you got all eight of these beautiful designs available for you guys, plus more over there on Bonfire, man. You got the Chicago flag design, the uncrowned kings of the IWC design, the Biggie-inspired design, then you got the base logo, the best kept secret to the IWC, the notorious World Order shirt. You have the Chicago flag design like you see on your screen. You also have the classic black and white and the Wolfpack red. Those are available for you guys on the merch shop. Then you got the Grand Slam design. You got the Scratch logo and the only community that matters. All of this plus more are available for you guys live on the merch shop. Again, that is Bonfair.com. Link is at the top of the description of this very video. And if this is your first time watching and you guys do not know who we are here at the Notorious Hills Podcast, I am Johnny Mayhem, one half of the host of this very show. And as for the other half, we got my man Sir K here. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. It's going good. Just been uh, just been chilling out, man. Um, been pretty normal lately, but pretty normal. Just uh, Just waiting for the weekend, man. Waiting for these next two weekends. 
And uh, uh, I'm excited for the day. Not exactly excited for each one of the shows, but I'm excited in general, man, to always hang out. That's always fun. But um, Switching it up like, this time, too. Instead of pizza, man, we're getting breakfast. It's weird. Oh, it's going to be weird as shit. We're going to have to wake up at the fucking crack, crack of dawn. fucking dawn. <laughs> shit. The fuck, man. But, um... I'm good, man. I mean, like Durante always asks, man, how's life? How's family? Life's good, man. The family's good. How's everybody doing in chat and in the replay? And what about you, bro? How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, we're we're finally, we're in the week, bro. We're literally in the fucking week, man. So, you know, we got, um... We got literally five, uh, what, five, six, six days to go. I mean, we're basically, it's basically Tuesday, so we we got like five days to go. And, man, it's crazy. We're finally in the week, and, and th- th- things are going to be pretty busy for your boys, man. We got, uh, we got all in. We got all in coming up, and then the next week uh, we got all out and payback. So... It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty busy, man. It's gonna be pretty busy. Um, but obviously the two shows that are you know more on the bigger side, all in and all out. Um, still don't know why they're doing them a week apart, but whatever. Um, but yeah, we're finally we're finally in the week. I'm I'm not excited. I'm not really excited for the show. I'm excited for a couple things on there. Um, I'm excited for a couple things on there. But aside from that, aside from that, dude, like. Like your case said, man. I'm just more excited kind of for the day. Just it's always always yeah. fun on pay per view days, just get to hang out and stuff and then come come on here afterwards and, and uh hang out with you guys. So it's always <clears throat> it's always nice. It's always nice to do. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it though, and that is pretty much it. Um <sighs> Dynamite AEW Dynamite, man. This show opens up with an Orange Cassidy match. (sighs) This show opens up with an Orange Cassidy match. Orange Cassidy versus Wheeler Yuta. I wonder how many fucking times we've seen this. Probably a million. Um. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't really give a fuck and a half. Um, they're telling the story here of Orange's body breaking down during his title reign. Apparent. I guess we were supposed to be like. I. I don't know if we were supposed to be getting Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley, but we're not. Um, during this match, uh, believe Orange Cassidy won, and then uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, the back, uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, came out to uh, attack Orange Cassidy, which would then aid um, the best friends and the Lucha Bros to come out there and uh, help Orange. This would lead Eddie Kingston to come back and chase off the Blackpool Combat Club. And then he would challenge uh, him, 
The Best Friends, Orange Cassidy, and the Lucha Bros. Versus the Blackpool Combat Club and whoever three guys they can find in Stadium Stampede. Um, to be a hundred percent honest, bro, I would have rather I would rather this than the Moxley and Orange Cassidy match. I just don't really like the people involved on the babyface side. Imagining Orange Cassidy in a stadium stampede is something I just don't want to do. Dude, it's gonna be horrible. He's gonna be walking around. Not caring, I might get on a cart and like drive it slow or something. Dude, the gimmick's fucking dead. I don't care about it. It's just, it's cooked. Uh, and the other ones, the best friends and the Lucha why are, Bros. Why are they getting a spot? Like, dude, they're not, they're not interesting. They don't have it like that, man. Like, I'm actually, I'm, I'm dope. It's dope that we're getting a stadium stampede match. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But the baby face. Team is just bad. Yeah, that better look really sick and like that giant fucking sea of fans. That shit better it go better nuts. Be I swear to God, man. I really do. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> and as for the Blackpool Combat Club... You know, I hear a lot of people saying that Santana and Ortiz need to, uh, you know, be on the Blackpool Combat Club side. I don't fucking understand that. Because the last time they were in AEW, sure, they were teaming with the Blackpool Combat Club, but they were really there with Eddie Kingston. Like, that was the group, you know? It it was like Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz were feuding with the JAS, and they called the Blackpool Combat Club to, to help them. So, like, the only reason Santana and Ortiz were teaming with the Blackpool Combat Club was because they were with, you know, Eddie Kingston. But Eddie Kingston's on the other side here. So it doesn't it doesn't make much sense. And, dude, I don't know who they're going to give these three spots to, but I just do not have a good fucking feeling about it. I feel like it's going to be, like, no. fucking... Who's their buddy from from New Japan that's a Shota Umino... Rocky like, Romero and Danhausen. Yeah, I can see that. On the Blackpool side? Oh, I'm talking about the babyface side. Oh, that side's already full. Oh, okay. Thank yeah. God. Never mind. Never yeah. mind. No, thank God. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you I might know. as well cancel that if, if any of those names I were involved. I was going to say, but... um. I don't know who the fuck the Blackpool Combat Club can call. The only one I'm, like, really interested... I mean, they can't do Pac anymore because, A, he's injured, and, B, they already ran an angle where he walked away on them. And Maybe Chris Hero. Chris Hero would be cool, but... He would be really awesome, but you still need a couple more. Uh, Worst part, I could see them doing Santana and Ortiz, and maybe if they want to continue the feud, they side with Eddie at the end and cost the BCC, but I do not want this feud to continue at all. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they're doing here. 
Um, I, I don't know who. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a chance to see who they to see who the the Blackpool guys get. But I mean, as far as the babyface side, dude, you could not get aside from Eddie Kingston, you could not get any more fucking uninteresting than the team that they have rounded up, the Lucha Bros, fucking and the best friends and Eddie Kingston. I mean, holy shit, man. <sighs> yeah, I I don't know, man. Not nah. Very uninteresting babyface side for me. I mean, Eddie Kingston's gonna be cool and stuff, but I, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I hope it turns out to be a good match, dude, because the Blackpool Combat Club is in it, dude. But I just don't know who the hell they are gonna call. I don't know. I really don't, and I feel like it's gonna just sour the match even more. Yeah, I I feel like it's, I feel like the participants that they call are just gonna bomb. Um. So, well, you know Tony Khan, you know he, he's probably not gonna save. Uh, I I would be shocked if he saved the the mystery three for all in. He just to just to pop a rating. I'm surprised within the next day he doesn't say the Blackpool Combat Club's gonna. Announce their partners this Wednesday on Dynamite. I can see it. Knowing him. But then we get this segment. Speaking of shit that makes no sense. We get this segment of uh, Kenny Omega and Kanosuke Takeshita. They were uh, wrestling each other in DDT. As Kenny Omega is talking to JR. Telling him about how, you know, Don Callis is still Uncle Don to him. And that's still his family. Blah, blah, blah. You know, he found the newer faster. Or he found, you know, the newer guy. Um, Don Callis walks up to Kenny Omega um, on the Daily's Place. In the Daily's Place stage. And as Kenny Omega stands up to get in his face... Bullet Club Gold attack Kenny Omega. And um, as JR is just awkwardly standing there watching Kenny Omega get slid on, um, Bullet Club Gold and Takeshita attack Kenny Omega on the Daily's Place stage. And he apparently had to go away in a hospital. I said it on Friday. Who gives a flaming fuck about this match? And why in the hell do Bullet Club Gold and don't fucking tell him and Switchblade have a history from Japan? I don't give a fuck. When you cross that bridge, it should be a big deal in AEW. The Switchblade versus Kenny Omega. It should be a one-on-one scenario where where it's treated as a big fucking deal, not a fucking six man, just so you can get names on the biggest wrestling show of, in history, dude. What the fuck, man? I mean, like, what in the fucking hell are we doing here? This no, makes no sense. Why are they beefing with Kenny Omega all of a sudden? And when did they become so cool with Don Callis? When? Yes, I think. Don was running with the BCC, and now he's just randomly 
for in, in an instance of running with with Bullet Club Gold. I don't get it. There's no fucking real story here. Oh, dude, speaking of story, dude, AW Twitter, you gotta put this shit in a museum. There was a tweet. It oh, also made a tweet about how a lot of the matches have no story. And as AEW Mark listed all the matches that have a story. And the one that really got me, you know, you can make you can make a case about a decent amount of them. But they said the woman's fatal four way has oh, a no. story. What? What? What what? Apparently if a match has a reason it it's a whole story. Oh, Oh man. You know, if you have to pull things out of your ass to make your professional wrestling you watch have a fucking reason, that's a problem, okay? So, good lord. So they beat up Kenny Omega. And there's another weird part. So then they say Kenny Omega went away on, 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 a, on a stretcher and he's at the hospital. And Hangman Page is 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 at the hospital right now. So they go to this pre-tape of Adam Page. I'm assuming this was the fucking one that he was supposed to be flown into collision to do. Um yeah, probably. And That's this hilarious. And this was at an off-site location. Meanwhile, I have no idea why they didn't film this at oh, I don't know, a hospital. Dude, they go hangman's outside at the hospital uh, right now or, or he was outside at the hospital so they go to this fucking pre-tape I swear to god dude he's in the fucking backstage area you can see the you can see the arena garage door behind him like you just parked in just cause you're parking ambulance back there I still see it's the fucking arena wall like bro what Oh, I did. Like, you couldn't go film this at a, at, I don't know, a hospital? Or maybe in front of, like, a room that looks like it could be a hospital room? Why don't you go to the fucking, to, you know, all of, all arenas have that little hospital area where the doctors stay. Just in case. Tell them to all get out and just have him looking like they're easy, like, like he's in a waiting room. Nothing. Oh, it gets better. So Hangman talks about how, you know, uh, they should have, you know, their beat down was weak on Kenny Omega and stuff like that. This fucking hospital employee walks up to Hangman. He's wearing a fucking AEW event medical lanyard. And he tells Adam Page that he can't drink at the hospital. So Hangman chugs his beer and he gives it to the hospital employee that's wearing a fucking AEW event medical staff lanyard. And he walks away. Like, first of all, if you want to break this segment piece by piece to make sure it makes no sense, first of all, why is an ambulance sitting outside the hospital with its lights on? And if they are outside the hospital, why can't he drink? I'm pretty sure he can drink outside the bill. I mean, public intoxication, but did they know it was alcohol? Like, dude, that segment looked like shit, bro. What are they doing? 
Like, these are the kind of things in AEW. It's like, dude, you have to, like... I feel like I feel like the 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 thing that AEW used to be known for is like attention to detail on literally mm-hmm. fucking everything, and it was great. Like, bro, you would have never got this last even last year, even at its even at its bad, even at its worst last year, it still wouldn't be like this. Like, yeah. what? I, I I don't understand any of this. I don't know if the segment was made more difficult because uh, a certain someone, Mr. Adam Page, was fucking denied access to his workplace. Um, I don't know if that was made more difficult, but you would think, I mean, why would you even need to go to the fucking arena to, to film something that's supposed to be outside of a fucking hospital anyway? Exactly. Or if you're not, if they don't allow you at a hospital, I don't know, go to like a veterinarian or something. Something that looks like a hospital. Exactly. Something that's just got fucking plain walls and a couple of those generic fucking doctor's office chairs. Or those waiting room chairs. Like, bruh. It's, dude, ever since Collision happened, it's like they, Tony Khan put all the resources into that show and nothing in the dynamite. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening. Seriously, bro. So next, we get Chris Jericho and Don Callis. Um, Callis, uh, Callis talked, um, Callis, uh, told Jericho he wanted to hear what he had to say. Chris Jericho, in a roundabout way, said, you know, I don't create factions, or, um, uh, I don't join factions, I create them. He said that. And, he, and Don Callis started to look upset. Don Callis started to look upset. And Jericho said, my answer is yes. Callis was shocked. He he was shocked. And he was said, like, whoa, like what? Um. So then Jericho said that he wants to get back to his roots. He wants to get back to his roots because he's been on a he's been on a downward slump and he wants to get back to his roots and um you know where he came from and stuff like that. So him and Callis hug as Jericho's a part of the Don Callis family and right before they leave the ring, Jericho says, "Wait a minute, before we leave, what's under the what's under the cool painting?" What's under the cool painting? So Jericho takes it off and it is a painting of Don Callis Holding Chris Jericho's head, um, holding Chris Jericho's severed head, like he's the fucking fiend. Um, the painting was pretty cool. The painting was pretty cool, if I do say so myself. Um, it was a cool looking photo. Um, but Jericho says, "What's going on with this?" He then denies joining the JAS. So. This babyface turn consisted of Jericho Tony Khan's uh, name-filling attempts. Um, but another thing that's going to be weird, I kept seeing a lot of people say this, and it's very true. Will Ospreay is going home for All In. So how are you going to play Osprey as the baby... F- or how are you going to play Osprey as the heel? And how are you going to try to get Jericho over as a babyface here? Because it already doesn't look too confusing. It already looks a little weird. Um, it already looks a little weird being that, 
you know, the whole point of him turning babyface was trying to be heel, but the heel group denied him. Yeah. Like, I could see if Jericho turned it down, and then they beat the fuck out of him. Like, okay, that makes sense, but he wanted to join. He wanted to join, but the heels said no, and then they beat his ass. Even though they've been asking him to join. So, I don't know. And then, we're getting a, a Will Ospreay and Chris Jericho match, but, but um... Yeah, what well, what were you what well, you were gonna say something after after I mentioned the whole baby face and heel thing? It was um, yeah, man, it's just a whole weird situation with all this, man. Like, I get what they're doing. I like the story, but he's gonna he's still an asshole. He still wanted to be an asshole. He was gonna join the group, and they wanted him to join, but then they thought he was gonna not join. So they made a plan just in case he didn't join, but he did. Like, if I was, like, all logically speaking, if you're Don Callis and you're making Peyton's, why don't you make one for if he joins and one for if he doesn't, or if he, you know, yeah, doesn't joins. It's like, I don't get that part, but yeah, it's going to be tough getting him cheered. Very. Very, yeah, for sure. I, I, I definitely, definitely agree. Um, I, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if anybody thought that through. But um, I don't know, man. So, Jack Perry. Jack Perry. Oh, forgot. Uh, Sammy Guevara then came out to help Chris Jericho, which I do like that because Sammy is technically the only one that uh, he did walk out on him, but he also... Said that he would still have his back. He also said that he would still have his back, so it makes sense. He he comes out and helps Jericho, you know, with his uh, uh, you know, from stop getting attacked after they hit him in the head with a chair, and then they busted the painting over his head. So, yeah, which I did like that detail about Guevara coming out, man. That was actually a really nice detail. For sure, for sure, man. So. That was that. Jungle Boy did a backstage where he said next week he's going to retire the FTW title because he's the greatest thing that ever happened to that championship and he doesn't want anyone to come between that. Thank fucking God. Thank God. I mean, that shouldn't be a reason. You should do it because it doesn't mean anything to you, which I'll say it, but it's still not going to hit the same. But that's the good. That's the way they're supposed to go, man. That's good. Definitely, definitely, bro. Yeah, I mean that cha- the championship is just the championship is just fucking pointless. It's never been it's it's never been worth a goddamn thing. So eh, I don't know. Um, next next we had the Gates of Agony. We had the Gates of Agony versus um. We had the Gates of Agony versus Nick Wayne and Darby Allen. Um, match was pretty okay. I don't remember it being bad or anything like that. Um, Darby Allen, Darby Allen, uh, picked up the victory for him and Nick Wayne with a coffin drop to Khan, and um, yeah, that was that. And then they, um, as the rest of the guys, as the rest of the guys. Came, uh, went to come down to the ring, swerve and air, Fox. Um, Sting 
was sitting in the back, and we got to see a little bit of Joker Sting. Um, it was cool, but it also didn't really make much sense how it was done. Um, if I'm being honest, bro. Um, I know it seems like a common theme in this episode, but it really was. So, Sting has Prince Nana, um, who appears to be, uh, kidnapped? Um, I guess. So, Sting puts, uh, plays this video package for the Mogul Embassy, and they rush to the back to save him, as Sting's got his arm around him, and he's, he, he's, uh, you know, making these silly Joker faces and stuff like that, and he's laughing, and he's, you know, picking on Prince Nana, and, um, he starts, Sting starts just laughing super loud in his face, and then he just keeps yelling, it's showtime, it's showtime, it was really fucking sick, um, to be honest, to see Joker Sting, but as soon as he does that, the kidnapped Prince Nana just gets up and runs away, so how did he kidnap okay. him? If yeah. it, that didn't fucking make any sense to me, to be honest, bro. None whatsoever. No, I really didn't understand why they needed to do all that, man. I really like, you know, uh, we haven't seen our boy, and maybe like, you know, Sting comes out with him all beaten up, but like he kidnapped him backstage, and they filmed it, and. Uh, and then he just runs it. away? Like, bro, I thought you were kidnapped. Like, yeah, what the fuck? You could have left the whole time? Why didn't you do it in the beginning? <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't know. So, MJF and Adam Cole. We got another segment with these guys. They're at a steakhouse. Outback Steakhouse, being that the guy that does the fucking voiceovers is Australian for Outback. Dude, they start looking at the fucking menu. Uh, MJF tells Adam Cole before they go in, we need to get, uh, we need to eat their food so we can get on par with them. They're sitting there inside looking at the fucking menu. He's pointing at the onion blossom. Outback is decent. Don't get me wrong. Outback is decent, but man, it it, it it's got nothing on the Texas Roadhouse onion blossom, bro. It's got mm-hmm. nothing on it. The Texas Roadhouse onion blossom. Holy shit. Fucking oh god, to die for. It really is. Outback at least the last time I went, eh, eh, it's kind of, it was it was all right. It was all right. Again, had had nothing on a Texas Roadhouse or a Longhorn, but you know how it is, man. Sir K, why don't you go and tell the people how it is? Tell them about these steakhouses. Oh yeah, man, these steakhouses. I um, mm. never been to either of them, so. Oh my god, I you never been to Outback either? Wow. No, never been Outback. That will change soon. <laughs> but um. Thought the segment was hilarious, man. They're going to eat their food to fucking become to understand them, I guess. So it's funny. They kept showing them looking at the fucking the spray painted walls of fucking kangaroo and shit. Yeah, so 
they get out of Outback and they start talking. Uh, MJF says, dude, if their food is that good, I can only imagine how their wrestling is. Um, he then uh, talked about the onion blossom and how good it was. I swear to fucking God, bro, those things. Are you a fan of fried onion? Yeah, I think I've had one of those before. Like a oh. blooming onion, those oh. type of thing. Yeah, they're good. I like them. Where do you have that motherfucker fresh? Right on your fucking table, right in front of you. Oh. Yeah, I've never had cold leftovers of it, so. Really? Um, oh, oh, dude. Ooh. Bro. <laughs> it's just going to change your life, bro. Anyway. So then uh, MJF's freaking out because he thinks that Aussie Open are going to beat them because, you know, their food is good. So they get backstage. They get backstage. And Adam Cole, Adam Cole is trying to watch, trying to uh, have MJF watch some movie. I can't remember what it was, but then MJF says, then MJF says, how about this? So he pulls up a fucking video of two kangaroos fighting. And he says, look at that kick. That's the move. That's what's going to beat him. So he walks up to the wall. Puts his hands like this and fucking kangaroo and squats and fucking kangaroo kicks the wall. And Adam Cole's just like, what the fuck? So he tells Max that's not going to work, but he does know what is going to work. So they go crocodile hunting and they're in safari hats and they are um, uh, hiding behind production crates and you can see their eyes through the little gap between the wheel and the other crate and um, MJF says I know what's going to get them so they have this little kiddie pool set up um, so they have this little kiddie pool set up and MJF says I know what's going to get this guy a kangaroo kick Adam Cole tells him no he tells him what's going to get him is a double clothesline so they double fucking clothesline this guy into the fucking kiddie pool. And then you just hear, Hey, 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 keep it in the ring or something like that. You just hear fucking Tony Khan's fucking voice yelling down the hallway. And then they just show a video clip of uh, the door that says Tony Khan on it. As Adam Cole and MJF walk out of there, um, he tells them they need to keep the double clotheslining in the ring. MJF walks out of there and he says he's going to regret that big time come 2024. Come contract season, he's going to regret that. Tony Khan then comes out of the office and he says, what would you say? And MJF says, I said you're looking good, boss. I said you're looking good. And... Then he, he smiles, gives gives both of them the thumbs up and a fist bump, and then he walks away. They're making light of the fact that Tony Khan is not a boss. On one <laughs> hand, it's funny because hearing him yell, I, I will always take that. But on the other hand, it's something that a lot of people feel is genuinely a problem in AEW. And here they are joking about it. Exactly, bro. Like... You couldn't have done this, you know, what, you know, he did to them in this segment. You couldn't have done that to Chicago Phil in the Elite about a year ago. 
Maybe and Tony then, Khan's trying to tell us something, man. Maybe he's trying to tell us that that is how he acts. Maybe it is. Maybe they just aren't listening. At that point, he really needs to get an enforcer, man, and just just start beating up his employees, I guess, or something. There is something to fucking make them do their job. There, there is no fucking way the CEO of the company needs a shoot real life heater to get his roster to listen to. Him. Dude. I feel like he does. Even if he yells at people. Oh, no. Who's I laugh at his face. He's funny. Like, dude, he's got to do it all from a fucking room dude. they don't see him. Just fire him and don't even look them in the eye. That's what he's got to do. Because that, that's what made Vince so intimidating. He'd be in his office door closed and half the fucking roster would just get fired. Like, you, you got to start doing shit like that, bro. If you want to actually be intimidating because you yelling at me. I just want to laugh, bro. It's one of those guys where you just laugh if they yell at you. I just genuinely cannot believe we're in this situation, bro. Where we're genuinely saying that that man needs a real-life heater to get people to listen to him. Not an on-screen heater. Not an act on television. A real-life shoot heater. He really needs to hire someone to intimidate his employees for him. (laughs) Fucking A. Fucking Tony Khan. Yeah, I kind of got to Like, it was funny. It was real funny. But, like, it's still like, dude, can you actually, like, be a boss and do this to the people that are actually doing fuck shit? Almost uh, killing your brand. Literally. Like, it'd be nice for you to, you know, take your job seriously and be a boss. I don't know. Adam Cole and MJF pull up to the arena. After they walk away, Roddy walk, walks up to the car and he kicks the wheel. And then he starts holding his foot and jumping up and down. Fucking Jesus. Yeah, it's... It, I don't know, man. It genuinely... Like, the Kingdom and Roger Strong... First of all, I hate that they were shoehorned into this whole thing, but... I mean, they're just like they're just over dramaticness in this is just really not adding to it at all for me. No, it's more annoying. I don't like it. Yeah, definitely, bro. Definitely. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Good old, good old fucking, good old Roddy. So they get out in the ring and they're talking about um. They're talking about how uh, they're going to beat uh, MJF saying he's going to beat Aussie Open with a kangaroo kick. Then they, you know, both say what's actually going to beat him is a double clothesline. Adam Cole talks about how how much the all-in main event means to him um, and that he gets to do it with his best friend. Uh, MJF then talks about um, MJF grabs the mic and he says, sorry, man. But uh, your story's good, but mine's better. So then he starts talking about how he goes into this this long-winded speech about how um, when he was an upstart professional wrestler, um, he DM'd Cody Rhodes. He did name drop Cody Rhodes. He named drop. I like that they're doing at that in the spirit of All In too, because he was a huge part of All In. He funded it, so I mean, it was just you know, it's only the right thing to do. 
Um, no, exactly. You have to bring up Cody in some capacity. Absolutely. Absolutely, bro. Um, maybe they should put up like a memorial statue for, for him at, at, at All In. They should just hang a banner for Cody. Like so, his fucking in the rafters. Oh my god. <laughs> so, so, oh, fuck. Yeah, just one of them. Like he just did. One just one of his boots. So. So, um, so MJF said he, he asked Cody, he DM Cody Rhodes and tell, and told him he would love to be a part of all in. And he said some time went past and he was working the independent circuit and, um, you know, nobody got back to him for a while, all up until one day, Cody just randomly texted him and said, kid, you're all in. He said that night he managed to turn heads. Um, he said that night he managed to turn heads. Um, that would come into play in the future, like Tony Khan, he said. And and ever since he turned that head, that was uh, the best decision that Tony Khan has ever made. And he said, so the moral of the story is, if there is no all-in, there is no MJF. Crazy to think, oh, bro. Crazy to oh, think. It's, yeah, definitely, man. So he talks about how... He talks about how um, the only thing that uh, shows him love and the only thing that fulfills him is the Triple B, and he's going to do anything, and he tells Adam Cole, and I mean anything, to retain it. Um, exactly. So that was that. That was that, man. They, these, guys cut, uh, these guys cut a pretty good promo. These guys cut a pretty good promo, man. And as Adam Cole, uh, or as MJF, um, oh, no, I completely forgot about this part. Um, Aussie Open came out and started to uh, attack these guys, and they got them out of the ring. They went to double clothesline Mark Davis, but they slipped out. They slipped out and left, and as... As Adam Cole, or as MJF was leaning up against the ropes, Adam Cole fucking squats down like he's getting in super kick position to kick MJF in the face, and he's sitting there and he's making it so obvious. He's making it so obvious that, you know, he's going to turn on MJF, and then MJF uh, just turns around and he's just standing there. He's just standing there like normal. I don't know if they're trying to deter you away from the fact that Adam Cole's going to turn or if they're trying to use reverse psychology. Because by doing that, everybody is going to think, everybody is going to think that, um, oh, Adam Cole's teasing the turn, so MJF's got to be the one to turn. But I don't know if they use reverse psychology and go with Adam Cole anyway. No, I can see that. I, I... I I can't see anything actually at this point. I I don't know what the fuck's going on with the story. I like it. I like what they're doing on the weekly. Me too. But I have no idea where it's going, man. It is it's Cole turning. Are they both turning on each other at the same time? Is it just going to be a? I don't know what's going on. I'm intrigued. I just don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't either, bro. I don't either. So Roddy. Uh, then shows Roddy and Mike Bennett and uh, the fuck is his name? Matt Taven sitting in the back doing nothing, um, just watching Adam Cole shaking their heads. And the crowd chants for 
these guys to hug it out. So they hug it out and then they leave. Um, yeah. So that is that. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen at this point. I could see, I could see Adam Cole. If you genuinely have reasons as to why you specifically think one person's going to turn, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Cause I have no fucking idea at this point. It could literally be either one of them. No, exactly, man. I have no clue. I really don't, man. I'm just waiting for the moment. Definitely. Definitely, bro. Uh, Jericho's sitting in the back, and he challenges Will Ospreay uh, as Tony Khan attempts to uh, shuffle his card together all of a sudden. Uh, He challenges Will Ospreay to All In. He challenges uh, Will Ospreay to All In, which then Tony Khan makes it official. Definitely, man. Definitely. It's interesting, man. Um, I'm down for the match. I'm just... <sighs> With every match that's made on all in, I'm just like, damn, what could have been? Oh, no kidding. But I'm down for this match. I think it's going to be better than people think it's going to be. Well, my next question is, do you think it's going to be better than the next match we're going to talk about? Because the next match we're going to talk about is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Death Match. TK. What in the disgrace? (sighs) TK. And you know what, too? Before we get on to this, with everybody saying, with everybody saying, oh, you know, partially true. But with everybody saying, oh, everybody's getting on AEW about not having a card for, for for All In. Let's not forget, if All In is this week, we are two weeks away from All Out and we have two matches announced. Two. Two fucking matches announced for All Out. So, you know, everybody's saying, oh, well... Why aren't you giving WWE shit for for being two weeks away from payback and not giving us a card? Oh, I'm fucking sorry. I didn't know payback had fucking 80,000 deep uh, sold out. And I didn't know payback was fucking... Which, they're right. They're right. Why, I mean, WWE's slowly getting there with their card. Um, Obviously, they need to fucking be held accountable too. But... I'm fucking sorry. I didn't know that Payback was sold out 80,000 deep and was uh, referred to as the biggest wrestling show of all, the greatest wrestling show of all time. I didn't fucking think, I, 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 I never heard them say that, people. And yes, they do need to get their shit together. And so the fuck does AEW. Exactly, both need to severely, man. Because what are we doing, bro? Like, the fuck is going on, man? What are you going on with these cards? All this weekly TV wrestling. This shit's at an all-time low. Hey, financially, it's at an all-time high. Creatively, it's at an all-time fucking low. It is. Uh, AEW, yes. WWE, uh, we've definitely seen lower. Oh. For sure. Lower, but besides the bloodline, not much going on. And especially yeah. with them being gone. We're getting a lot of... We're getting a lot of staleness. 
Oh fuck yeah. It's been like that man. Without the bloodline, it, it's just people we care about that are just in boring ass feuds are not on TV. So, that's what that is man, but dude, what the fuck is going on? AEW has like one of the most talented rosters, but I would I would probably say right now we're we're maybe like maybe starting. Uh, yeah, we're definitely in an all time an all time low at least for Dynamite uh, creative. I mean, it is just oh, yeah. it is fucking bad. Easy. Yeah, it it is really fucking bad. Um. Which is so weird, dude, because we're in this weird spot where, like, you're seeing, like, a resurgence in, like, wrestling, but there's also, like, like, you know, like you were saying, like, there's also just a bunch of staleness, and we're in, like, a, we're in a weird spot right now, man, like a weird fucking spot, and I don't know how to decipher it, I really don't. No, exactly, man, I really don't know what's going on with both companies, really. It feels like nothing's happening ever on television, and big shit's happening. It just doesn't feel like it. Especially in WWE, I feel like we're in the stage of, like, you, like you're either, like, in WWE, I feel like we're in the stage of, like, you're either really fucking good, or there's not really any bad, but you're either really good, oh, minus Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus, but you're either really good, or... Mm-hmm. Or you're just incredibly um, irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. Just doesn't feel like it's even happening half the time. Yeah, like it's it's not it's not that something. Yeah, it's like it's not that it's not that a person or or an angle is is bad, but it's just it's either really good or it's irrelevant. But as far as no, AEW yeah. is concerned, <laughs> no, I bet that shit was pure dick. But oh. Um, huh. oh. As far as AEW is concerned, let's get on to it. So, Jeff Hardy comes out, and he immediately starts walking backstage, and they go through a, and he goes through a backstage tunnel, and it's fucking, and it has all orange lighting, and a bunch of Texas Chainsaw Massacre ads, and... Jeff Hardy uh, starts breaks out a Hardy chant in the middle of him trying to film like the most low budget movie I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. And then Jeff Jarrett comes out. Uh, they start attacking him. They start attacking him. And uh, then <laughs> here's where things were doomed from the start. Then Karen Jarrett attacks Jeff Hardy from the, uh, from behind and then Satnam Singh wearing fucking overalls comes and attacks Jeff Hardy from behind and then Matt Hardy brother Zay Isaiah Cassidy and Ethan Page all come to Jeff Hardy's aid as here here's where I knew things took took a turn for the worst Matt Hardy Dumps a bucket of blood, fake blood, on Karen and Jeff, 
and carrot start and Karen starts scream carrot Karen starts fucking mm-hmm. screaming bloody murder and I knew it was over from here I said oh fuck this mm-hmm. th- this is not going to be good and boy was I shocked at how much worse it got so this was these guys fighting in the backstage area throughout orange lighting. They finally came to the ring. They finally came to the ring. And they start playing Fog. They um, they start uh, using Fog from under the ring. There's fucking fog at ringside. Meanwhile, there's an angle, uh, not an angle, there's a spot where Isaiah Cassidy has Karen Jarrett on his back and just fucking throws her off of him and she just falls right on the fucking ground. Um, By this point, all these guys are literally just fighting in a fucking cloud of smoke. As the whole little Jeff Jarrett crew, Sanjay Dutt and all them are dressed up in cowboy gear. And they all start attacking Jeff Jarrett. They all start attacking, uh, they all start attacking Jeff Jarrett. Um, Jeff Hardy does a, uh, Jeff Hardy does a swanton through the table, but Jarrett moves. So he's just by himself. Uh, then there's just a bunch of bunch of brawling going on here until the tip of the fucking iceberg. <laughs> Jeff Hardy hits Jeff Jarrett with his guitar. And Karen is still screaming with a bunch of fake blood all all over her by the way. And Fucking chainsaw music starts playing over the PA as Leatherface comes down to the ring wielding a Ryobi Whisper Series fucking chainsaw that has no chain and it's not making any noise because all the chainsaw noise was coming from the fucking PA. Like... At least when, you know, Finn Balor did his cool entrances. Yeah, he took the chains off, but at least he turned the fucking thing on. Yeah, like, bruh. Can you at least turn it on for real? And his was red. This exactly. man Why? walked out here with a Ryobi chainsaw. Some bright green ass, ugly ass chainsaw, bro. Like, what? Like, yeah, you fucking threw some dirt on it. It still looks like he fucking just bought it at the store. The fuck? She looks like ass, bro. He comes out there. He walks up to Sanjay Dutt with his chainsaw and kicks him. Dude, you have a fucking chainsaw in your hand. And then... Karen Jarrett... Karen Jarrett does the... Does the... The the classic... um, The classic fucking white person fall... In the scary movies where they fall. It's always the white girl too. 
It's always the white girl. She falls on her ass and then she's backpedaling on her ass as she's saying, no, no. And this guy's just walking slow as fuck. And do it and going back and making just making X's with the chainsaw. And I swear to God, she gets up and puts her hands up like this, like a fucking cartoon character and is running away. Is running the fuck away as Leatherface chases her backstage. Logan, man, let's make it two for two. Can we get both Jarrett's off television? You know, and this is what pisses me off about Jeff Hardy. As soon as Jeff starts to look like incredibly fluent in these matches... And, like, starts to perform a lot better. This is what you do with him? You put him in slop shit like this? I mean, he's been... Like, Jeff has been... Like, in terms of his, you know, his... Just, uh... Um... Smoothness in the ring. He's been very smooth. He's been very smooth. And he's been very good. And it's just... It's been a lot less botching. And, you know... he, He looks great. And... After Leatherface goes away, after Leatherface goes away, Satnam Singh helps Jeff Jarrett pick up the victory. He wins. He wins this match against Jeff. And ah, uh, I'll 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 let you uh, I'll 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 let you share your uh, share your thoughts on this one first, bro. Listen, listen, AEW fans. I don't give a fuck how much money they made from this. What they got from... I don't give a fuck. I really don't. This shit was god-awful. And it was a fucking disgrace. It is on easily. Maybe even worse than that fucking Extreme Rules... I think it was on Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules zombie match. Oh, WrestleMania Backlash. That's what it was. WrestleMania Backlash. I kept thinking it was Extreme Rules. But, I don't blame you. It's the horror show. It is a horror show. It's literally the same thing as that. People shit on that rightfully. And people should rightfully be shitting on this garbage. What in the... First of all, you put Jeff Hardy, someone who's already been struggling in the ring, you put him in slop garbage like that. The production was garbage. At least... If it was fucking AEW a year ago, at least it would have looked decent. But now it even looked like shit. Um, it was pure garbage and a fucking disgrace to everybody involved and to the company, man. It should have never happened and it better never happen again. Because that was garbage. Pure dog shit. Pure. Pure, pure dog shit. Oh, and the best part, forgot to mention. Um, So I'll tell this to you really quick so you can just give a quick analysis on it um jeff jarrett after the match is gifted with a leatherface championship i remember that that fucking disgrace hey why does everything have to have a championship when you win it oh you won the um the owen cup here's a here's a title that doesn't mean anything oh you beat a you beat a leatherface match here, have a fucking shit-ass title. What the fuck, man? Dude, 
first of all. So the zombie thing. I seen people on Twitter saying mm-hmm. that they loved this big ball of mess. Or I can't remember the way somebody fucking worded it. I also don't remember who the fuck it was. I seen a fucking tweet that said that they love this big ball of chaos or something like that. And I, I, I this is why I stay off Twitter. This is exactly why I fucking stay off Twitter because the the fucking pure idiots that you see, dude. So you decided to take a bag over something that over something that could have uh, or over something that's going to make your brand look shittier. So you want to be like the alternative if the money's good enough. So that's it's what you're telling me. That they'll 100% be WWE in the future. If they do get that big. Because it's for the money. That's what they're telling me. So you're so the current wrestling promoter just doesn't give a fuck about the, about the quality of his show, but rather the, uh, the amount of money they can make. And I'm sorry, all you AEW fans, when did you become financial advisors? Because... That was like AEW fans main defense in 2021 when AEW was signing all those people and everybody was saying uh, um when everybody, everybody um Jesus Christ. Oh. Well, no. I guess no. I completely fucking fucked that up. No. Oh, okay. Okay, that's the proper way to word it. When did you guys become such like WWE fans who constantly bring up the money aspect? When did all you become financial advisors? Because all I seen was, well, they, well, it got them a bag. You give a fuck. You're literally, you hated that about WWE fans two years ago. And now you're that. Dude, I sort of got AEW fans. The hardcore fucking AEW fans are exactly like AEW uh, WWE fans. Oh yeah, they'll defend the company at any point, even now. How hypocritical they look! Ah, oh, it's so sad to see, bro. It's so sad to see. It really is, bro. It really is. And out of everything that was put in this match, you could you mean to tell me Tony Khan wasn't getting? That uh, that that hundred k, regardless. You mean to tell me? You mean to tell me he only got the hundred k if he put Leatherface out on there? Are you fucking serious right now? He couldn't. Uh, he couldn't uh, can that. You didn't think that was a bad idea. You didn't think that was very WWE esque. Aren't you supposed to be the alternative here? Yeah, that's not very alternative of you. And um, you did all this for. Alright, listen, 100 k is a lot of money, but in terms of a big business like, like, fucking AEW, you did that for 100 k What the fuck? How, are, are you in the red again? The fuck's going on here? I think our buddy would know the answer to that one, but, um... Yeah, you might be right. Dude, I don't know, man. I don't fucking know, man. Um... 
<sighs> I just... Ugh. So, you opted to put this on your television screen and ruin the reputation of your brand? You know, put things... You want things like this to be remembered in AEW? There is no room for shit like this in AEW. This is the fucking reason why people tapped out of WWE. This is why. Because of things like this. And for all the people saying, Oh, they had zombies on on WrestleMania Backlash. Well, here we are. And where are you all at now? Defending it? Sad. Sad to see it's it's insane how some of you people think you work for this company or something. It, it is nuts. No, none of you guys ever matter to these companies. That's how, like it's just how it is. You matter to the company. You don't matter. So stop defending them in it. Especially AEW. It'll change if you don't like it. But the fact that they all kiss its dick, it's not gonna change. It's gonna get worse and worse. This makes absolutely no fucking sense, man. And then to put a guy like Jeff Hardy in the match, who, like I said, this guy's just starting to look decent in the ring. You waste it with stuff like this, and then you award him with a fucking Leatherface championship? And again, you're telling me that Tony Khan couldn't have said, no, we're not fucking having Leatherface come out to the fucking ring. Get your head out of your ass, bro. Get your fucking head out of your ass. I mean, fucking seriously. Dude, you got... You know... TK, bro. Hire a fucking creative team. Maybe you don't need to do that. Maybe you should just all... Maybe you should just... Turn your attention all to Dynamite, because clearly you're not running fucking Collision anyway. I mean, what in the fuck was this? And another thing. So Texas Chainsaw Deathmatch, right? So when AEW did the sponsor for... See, this is what I like with AEW sometimes. When they do these sponsored Mm -hmm. matches, they put people that go in coincide with the theme right that they did the house of dragon sponsor right so who did they have in the main event the dragon brian danielson right you do you go with the theme um for shark week was there a guy that came out dressed as a fucking shark to fucking eat the jas and keep him in the shark cage no there was not so why the fuck did you have to have a physical leather face come out to the ring here? Why? Makes no sense, and, and it looks like pure dog shit. So my suggestion, since uh, all, all, the, all the people in the business that thinks fans can't have an opinion, one thing they like to tell us all the time is, well, what would you have done, right? Oh, okay. I don't fucking, I don't fucking know. Maybe just a regular death match? And just call it the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Deathmatch. And just have, I don't know, John Moxley likes to fucking bleed. Um, Adam Page, I'm sure, would have done it. I'm sure there's a lot of people on your brand that would have done the Deathmatch. But no, you go with 
this. You go with two guys that absolutely make no sense to be in a death match, let alone with each other. And, and, and this is what we turn out. A Jeff Jarrett victory. Fuck off. What is this? What has this brand become? What? Literally, bro. Become a fucking disgrace. Like, at most, at most, I would have maybe allowed someone to come out with a chainsaw in their entrance. And, you know, actually oh, yeah, turn the fucking sick. thing on. Like, especially with someone like John Moxley. That'd be fucking awesome. Him coming through the crowd, revving that thing. That'd be fucking awesome. But, but no. You just have a dude dress up his leather face and send him out. This company is, is, is shilling out, man. And soon, very soon, they ain't gonna be the alternative anymore. They're just another version of the same slop we've gotten for years. Same exact people that also shit on the pitch black match. Eh, oh, Bra- exactly. Bray's universe sucked. But, so but this one. But, exactly. Exactly, but 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 this was good. So you guys are shilling out. No, how about they both fucking sucked? How about that? Easy as that, man. Easy as that. The only thing cool about the pitch black match was fucking Bray Wyatt's fucking paint. Oh, exactly. Like, come on. That's as cool as it got. Fucking Jesus, man. Huh. <sighs> Fucking disgrace. So, um, Texas chain, um, not tech. I, I will never talk about that again. I'm sure I will in, in light of AEW's darkest days, but, um, oh, I'll bring it up just to just throw it in people's faces. Oh yeah. Um, we have this, uh, grueling tournament. We got another one of these matches on here. Britt Baker versus the Bunny. Who's going to advance to All In? Is the Bunny okay. going to London? I don't know, man. I don't I know. So, I got all my money, man. Dude, I really did, bro. I fucking almost bet the podcast on it. Good thing I didn't, right? Britt Baker no, wins, and she's going to All In. So it's going to be Sheeta. Versus Tony versus Soraya versus Britt in a fatal four way at all in. Who fucking cares? Why? What's the story? What is this garbage? And what the fuck is any of this shit? Talking about. Oh, I hate it. I fucking hate this shit. What is this woman's doing? You have such a good roster. And we'll talk about it Friday, but they're looking at gaining another person. To their women's roster, what so they could disappear in two weeks if they're not friends with Bert Baker? Exactly. Come on, come on. Like fucking exactly. Um, <sighs> the acclaimed, the acclaimed, come out. Um, oh my God, yeah, hundred percent, Logan. At least make the matches a little bit more fucking intriguing. Um. The acclaimed come out for their squash match and where their opponents were standing. Um, the lights go out and when they come back on where their opponents were standing is the house of black and they um, attack the acclaimed and they steal Billy Gunn's boots. Why is this a thing on collision where all these people are in like fucking 20 stories at one time? The house of black 
Andrade should not have ended the fucking feud with a match against Buddy Matthews. He should have went after Malachi, and it should be at All In. Do this trios match at All Out, and do Andrade versus Buddy, Andrade versus Malachi, rather, at All In. It's that fucking simple. Give those guys... You bring these guys back, and, 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 you know you start to do something with them and then you just fucking remind them exactly why they want to be back working with Paul Levesque. And then you fucking wonder. Exactly, bro. Exactly. You fucking, because with the, you're in a million stories at once. You finally tell a story and now they're in, they're in three at once. Can't you at least tell one at a time, people? It's not that difficult. It's not. Fucking CM Punk's in, like, fucking four storylines right now. Uh, at least he had them going for him. He had a storyline with Bullet Club Gold, and then he had a storyline with Ricky Sarks. Now he has a storyline with Samoa Joe. It's like, what the f- what the fuck are we doing here, man? Exactly, bro, like... If there's one negative yeah. about Collision, that's it. And another, another thing I've seen, and we, you know, we may say, we, we may say a lot of things about CM Punk, but I'll tell you what. I seen this tweet. It's very true. I seen a tweet. Somebody said after that Texas death match, that Texas chainsaw massacre match, somebody tweeted out and it's so true. It made me giggle, but it, it is very fucking true. Somebody said Phil would have never let this slide on Saturday nights. And it's fucking true. It's true. And that's why collisions, the best show it's they true. have. That's why they did it on Wednesday, because they knew it wasn't going to fly on, on Saturday. Makes no sense, dude. What is this company coming to, man? I did hear, Doesn't though, that, like... that Phil did send Leatherface home, unfortunately. Oh, he he was yeah. he was denied access to Collision. I heard he was. I heard <laughs> Chicago Phil was working the door that day, checking cards, checking credentials. I could see that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I heard he was working the metal detector, and he did deny, he denied Leatherface access to the building, man. But, um, yeah, shit, shit's rough out here for Leatherface, man. But, um, yeah, um, I, I don't know what they're doing. I, I just, I just, I, re I just wanted to fucking see Malachi and Andrade get the spot at all in, because they deserved it. And, um, they're not getting it. Instead, we're giving that up for... The acclaimed and daddy ass versus the House of Black. I same. Like that's not even bad for me, but like you could have done it at all out. Yeah. And then you have the good match, not the the more intriguing singles match at all in. Exactly. And be, you know, me. I would say I would have how I would want it to go. Andrade's win against Malachi Black on this Sunday. Make some less focus from um, next Sunday. Get him, get it in his head, and that's why they lose. Then, if they do, if you do want them to lose, come on, man, come on. Definitely, definitely, bro. It, it makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. And yeah, I mean, it, it's for me. It's it's not that the acclaimed, uh, the acclaimed, and, and daddy ass versus the House of Black is a bad thing, but it's just like. Don't fucking snub Andrade and Malachi to to do that when you can just do the trio match at all out. 
But you know, good old AEW, they're gonna do that so they can get uh they're gonna do that so they can get um more people on the show. I could easily see them fucking doing that. But um um what I would what I would maybe like to see is um Andrade beats Malachi and after the match, uh the acclaim come out and then start getting their ass whooped by the rest of the House of Black. And then, you know, Daddy Ass would then come out and save the acclaimed, set up the match for All Out. Simple as that. Exactly. Something like that, man. Easy. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know at all. Um, But in the main event, in the main event, we got the Bucks versus the Guns. Um, I... The guns, okay. yeah. yeah, I don't care. Yeah, um, the young bucks won, uh, by way of holding the rope. Um, they won, and then Bullet Club Gold came out. The rest of the group came out, attacked the young bucks, and then the F uh, FTR came out to help them. FTR came, uh, sorry, FTL came out. Fuck the law came out to help the young bucks or f- fire the revolver came out to to help the to help the bucks and um yeah and then they had then they had a then they had a stare down afterwards man so that was how dynamite went off the air there was like a there was a couple minute overrun but yeah it it felt uh felt very rushed for sure definitely man classic dynamite classic that rush dynamite man but um yeah didn't really care for the match i mean it's the gun club i can only care so much about them and yeah it's just the fuck has been dynamite man good fucking question bro good question nothing really happened on collision to be 100 percent honest bro um yeah it, it was yeah i mean this was kind of um this collision, this collision was kind of also a little weird to watch following all the, all the CM Punk stuff, but yeah, this collision just felt very, it didn't really, it definitely wasn't one of their best ones. The biggest thing that happened was CM Punk, uh, accepting Samojo's challenge. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that was the fucking garbage episode of AEW Dynamite that we watched um uh, <laughs> sad to see Dan it really is something needs to change in this fucking company seriously um I don't know uh Tony Khan taking creative control away from the EVPs might have been the worst fucking thing he's ever done yeah, I think it was man he took control away from the EVPs and gave it to CM Punk on Saturday nights. That's yep. insane. That's a and, crime. And himself. And he has no idea what the fuck he's doing. MJF, no, uh, MJF's words might have carried a little bit of weight to him on uh, June 1st, 2022. Yeah. The only position you should be assuming is behind the guardrail with the rest of them. Literally, bro. At this point, that is a very true statement. <sighs> SmackDown had no bloodline. The show was pretty much shuttered around Edge. 
Um, I doubt this is the last edge even said himself. This is the last time I, I will be wrestling in front of you guys. So I don't know. It, obviously he's talking, he was talking to Toronto. So I don't know if, I don't know if, you know, he's going to do one last thing at media. <sighs> well, my thing is, or we also don't know if he was talking to the WWE, you know, fan base, uh, you yeah. know, we don't know, we don't know what he meant, but the statement was very, the statement was very, uh, vague. Um, but the show was centered around edge and it was, it, it was, it was very dull. It was very dull. Uh, no bloodline, yeah. but I'm, I'm cool with that. You know, let, yeah. let a, a week That's to marinate. Funny. Uh, Jimmy Uso is supposed to be on next or this upcoming week. Um, with, uh, yeah, Jimmy's supposed to be on. I can't remember what they said he was going to do. Um, but he should be on, so that should should be pretty interesting, man, when we get to it. But, um, yeah, so that was that. And Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. Kevin Owen, or uh, Sami Zayn opens the show. Um, the first five minutes was just the fans would not stop chanting this man's fucking name and chanting ole ole ole. Um, love to see it. You love to fucking see it. Um, fucking good old Sammy. Um, but you had that, and then you had um him introducing. Uh, well, the Judgment Day came out, circled the ring. Sammy said, "Did you guys really think I came here alone?" Uh, Kevin Owens came out and, uh, they took, oh, uh, they took care of Judgment Day and they set it up in the main event, a tag team match with Sammy and Kevin versus any two members of the Judgment Day. Same shit every week, man. It really is. It really fucking is, man. It really is fucking yawning just talking about it. Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle lose to the New Day because of uh, Eric from the Emo Raiders comes out and distracts Drew McIntyre or uh, rips Drew McIntyre off the apron and pushes him into the ring steps. So that was that. Um, That was that. So, yeah. And then after... A little bit later in the night, Drew McIntyre was trying to uh, break up the French or break up the tag team with. Um, he was trying to break up the tag team with uh, the New Day. He was trying to break up, or sorry, he was trying to break up the tag team with Matt Riddle. And the New Day mm-hmm. came up and and they told him like, "Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys got something here." Um, he they told him, "You guys got something here." And after we get done taking care of the Viking Raiders. Uh, will be down to give you guys a rematch, and they fist bumped, and they're not really letting Drew McIntyre speak much here, and I mm-hmm. like that because I feel like he's trying to tell Matt Riddle in a way, you know, where he can stay babyface and he can just peacefully, like, just stop, you know. Yeah. But Drew McIntyre as a heel opens up a lot of possibilities. But the thing is, the thing that sucks with Drew becoming a heel is he's not really in position to win anything. Maybe the IC title, which would be kind of cool, considering the last time he told it, he held it. He was the chosen one. So I think that would be a cool little maybe bucket list thing to do. Uh, maybe later, 
later off in the year after Gunther loses the title. But um, so you have that, you have that man, and um, uh, but in terms of, I mean, sure he can have a world championship feud with Seth, um. But if this all depends on if Drew stays, because if he stays, I could see him jumping brands and and then maybe taking the world title from somebody. But I mean, other than that, dude, I don't really see him. At least as far as world championships go in the near future, I just don't see them positioning him for for any of that. No, I really don't. And every time he's on TV right now that I see him, it feels like he's just waiting for it to end man it doesn't feel like he really wants to be there Mm. and it looks like it on tv man it really does but it's weird it's a weird case with him man it's a weird case it really is it really is man so yeah so it's like uh i do like the story they're telling here like i said it's kind of like drew's like trying to peacefully yeah it's like he's trying to tell matt riddle like you know I don't want to team with you anymore, but it's like they keep ignoring him, so eventually Drew's just going to have to beat the fuck out of him. And Matt Riddle and um, Matt Riddle and uh, Drew McIntyre should be a pretty good feud. I just, I, I hope they use that to legitimize Matt Riddle more, because I just do not like where his career has gone um, lately no. at all. Man, it's become a complete joke, man. I'd like if they use this feud. Maybe they could swerve it and have... Maybe Riddle turn heel because he's tired of people not taking him seriously. I would really like that. That could be something interesting. You know, and two, it's always the people you would never imagine would be a good heel. Like Bailey, who are our no, fucking exactly. fantastic heels. I think I think Riddle would be a great heel, man. So I, I would like that a lot. Oh, yeah. I think so too. He's a legit fighter, so I yeah, I th- I think he'd be just fine. Um so um then we uh then we get a promo with uh Shayna Baszler where she just talked it was kind of just a little vignette hyping her up. Um, and after this, uh, Jackie did a backstage interview with JD McDonough and Finn Balor, where she asked them, uh, do you think, uh, JD McDonough's presence is causing stress in the judgment day? Finn argued that JD's presence is making the group stronger. So yeah, man. Meanwhile, the rest of the judgment day people hate him. But it's going to be very interesting to see where they go with that. Exactly, man. It's very interesting. I wonder. Um. Uh. Then we got this Nakamura backstage promo as to why he did it, uh, why he did what he did to Seth Rollins, and what he told Seth Rollins. He pretty much spoke spoke very vaguely, and until later in the night, I had no fucking idea what he was talking about. He just kept mentioning how Seth's body is breaking down on him and his back can't carry the weight anymore and he just like kept alluding to like Seth breaking down and I was like it made no fucking sense like when when I first heard it but it made sense later in the night so he pretty much just talked about that and then later in the night 
uh, Jackie did an interview with Seth Rollins. Uh, with Seth, I had no fucking idea about Seth's back yeah. until this interview. Until this no, interview, I, never, never, never. I had. I, I, oh my God, I've never heard of it. I never did. I never, never did. I truly never heard about his back. So she asked him, you know, Nakamura talked about your back, and Seth, uh, and Seth said. Uh, the truth is, he said, the truth is, I don't really like to talk about it, but the truth is, yes, I have two fractures in my lower back. It's an injury that I've lived with for four years. Um, you mean to fucking tell me this guy's been putting on fucking bangers for four fucking years? With two fractures in his back? Like, bro, what the fuck? Like, ah, oh, this poor man. This man deserves this whole fucking company. So, since yeah. 2019, so you mean to tell me he brought Braun Strowman to a good match back at Clash of Champions 2019 with two fucking fractures in his back? Is that what you're telling me? Doesn't make sense, man. Doesn't make sense. So while Cody got fucking praised and, and fucking bowed to him for wrestling that Hell in a Cell match like that, they didn't say a peep about Seth? That's crazy. That's fucked up. That's wild when I heard that. That was fucking wild when I heard that. He said, he, he told Shinsuke, um, he, uh, he, he told Shinsuke, uh, he doesn't, uh, well, not Shinsuke, he told Jackie, he said, I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do this at the level that I'm doing this at, but um, he then talked about how Shinsuke is, you know, going to get what he has coming to him because he brought up his family and, and all this stuff, so he mentioned all that, man, and um, and yeah, that was it, but I had no idea what Shinsuke was talking about, I was like, when I was listening to him talk, I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about Seth's body breaking down? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what, what is, like, what, what does this have to do with anything? And then, you know, that's what, that's what caught Seth off guard last week. What, you know, was Shinsuke whispered to him, you know, that he knew his weakness was his back. So, um, this makes this match a hell of a lot more interesting. I still don't know that this is going to, you know, completely hook hook an audience to watch your pay-per-view but uh, it, it does unlayer another it does unravel another layer of skin and make this a hell of a lot more interesting than it was before exactly man it, it does it really does i like i really don't give a fuck about the shinsuke side of it i really don't but the Seth side is really interesting man and that's crazy that's insane man Man, this man deserves fucking everything in this goddamn company. Holy fuck. Two fractures in his lumbar. Huh. And he was going for years of carrying this fucking place. Good lord. Four years. And getting nothing in return up until now. That's insane. Holy That's shit. Crime. It really is. Cody was doing a backstage interview, then he told Byron uh, this isn't the right setting, so he brought Byron out on the stage and he just talked about how the Judgment Day is going to get what they had coming to him.
So that was that. Um, <laughs> so, um, after this, uh, Rhea Ripley defeated Candice LeRae in like three minutes. I don't really understand what necessarily is like the plus with just like having Rhea Ripley run through everybody that could potentially be built up and somebody that has the potential to be built up in, in, in the company, man. I, I, I don't understand it. No, I really don't. It's like, but you, you, I keep doing random matches, but do random matches against people that don't matter. Not actual future challengers that I could see and would like to beat her. Oh. Yeah. Raquel comes out afterwards. It takes out Rhea Ripley. And she challenges. Uh, she tells her Adam Pierce made their match official for payback. So that was that. What's that? Um, Chad Gable and Gunther. Chad Gable and Gunther. Uh, they put on a really good match. They put on a really good match. I really like this match a lot. This was uh, some pay-per-view quality shit we had here with Gable and, and Gunther for the IC title. Um, Gable was giving him suplexes, man. Uh, Walter, the longer the match went on, the more Walter got pissed. Eventually, they were on the outside, and he was chopping the shit out of Gable uh, while he was on the barricade. And right as the referee counts, like, right as he's like eight and a half, Gable just dumps Walter over the barricade, clean, clean as can be, fucking belly-to-belly suplexism right over the fucking barricade into the timekeeper's area, runs in the ring, and the referee counts 10 as Gable wins via countout. This man, like I I said in the intro, don't mind what they did here at all. Chad Gable, Chad Gable, um, uh, Chad Gable, you know, um, the the whole fuck finish thing, I get it, right? You want to prolong this until payback, right? So if Gunther gets through payback, see, I believe they said 18 days away. So it'll be 7, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Okay, so that would be Friday, September 8th. Walter would break the record for, or tie the record, I get or no, break the record for, um, the honky-tonk man's reign, um, so he's gonna have to get through payback, man, so I could see WWE pulling a Sami Zayn here and saying, no, you're not the guy we want, um, and just not having him beat him, um, but we're gonna have to get a clean win with Walter uh, at, at payback if we want if we want him to break the record, which I think we all do. So, yeah. Yeah, it's. I hope they don't fucking not go with him after all this time, man. Um, oh, they could do so much bad shit that I could see them doing, especially with how much um Walter's been fucking with uh the rest of Imperium. They could turn on him and make him lose and, and shit like that. And that's nothing I want to see. I want to see this group strong. And I want to see him retain. Absolutely. Absolutely, bro. So, um, so yeah. Gable, fucking, like I said, 
you would have thought this man was Brian and 14. This man, uh, the likes of fucking Kurt Angle in 99 or, or 98. This man was just going nuts to the point where it genuinely made me question, was this match for the fucking IC title? Yeah. And it was. was this man was acting Great like moment. he just won the damn thing. So Walter gets pissed at the rest of Imperium. Then they do a backstage where Walter's yelling at both of them. And Ludwig looks at Giovanni Vinci and he says, how are you going to make this up? What the fuck did he do? What? Yeah, what the f- what? They were like, none of them were at ringside for this match. So what the fuck were they supposed? What the fuck was Giovanni Vinci supposed to do? What? Ah, they better not fucking break this damn group up, dude. They better not. Or I could at least see them going back to what it originally was. Just Gunther and Ludwig. For some reason, they really don't want Giovanni Vinci in the group. Yeah, like, what is the problem? I I don't understand. (sighs) I don't know, man. I don't know what the fucking problem... I don't know what the fucking problem was with... I don't know what their problem is with Giovanni Vinci. I obviously think Vince sees it as he wants two guys that are German. Even though Walter's not German, he's Austrian, but close enough. Um, You know, and, and them throwing an Italian in there, I think, is a little too... You know, not of the Nazi vibe that Vince uh, wants for these guys. For some what if some fucking reason, he wants these guys to be fucking U-boat sergeants and shit. So, you know how Vince is, man. You know, Vince McMahon never fails. So, Tommaso Ciampa does a backstage promo where he talks about how everybody that's beaten him recently has gone on to do great things. He talked about he talked about how Gable pinned him to get the shot at Gunther, and then he talked about how Nakamura beat him a couple weeks ago, and now he's getting a shot at um, Seth. So Tommaso Ciampa says he's tired of waiting around. He's just going to have to do it himself. Oh, well, he, said, take for you to do it yourself. he says do it yourself. So he says that, you know, Tommaso Ciampa did a interview, did a... Uh, did a little Instagram video where he was talking about, uh, he was taking an ice bath. Uh, he said he's been walking around all day looking for Johnny Gargano and he can't find him. So he said he was going to take an ice bath and then he's going to be right, uh, back out looking for Johnny Gargano. Well, Gargano, um, he said in that video, he was coming to raw to, to, to look for him. I thought we were going to get something of that kind. I thought he was going to call out Johnny Gargano in here, um, and we didn't get none of that. He just dropped another DIY reference, the whole, you know, do it, you're just going to have to do it yourself, and that was it. That was it. So, like Sir K said, how fucking long is it going to take for them to do it their damn self? You know who's got to do it them damn self? Fucking... Paul Levesque, man. How about you just do it yourself and put the fucking guy on TV? Stop worrying about fucking good old Vince FaceTiming you. Oh, man. Seriously. The Miz talks on about LA Knight. 
Um, the Miz talks out, talks on about uh, L.A. Knight. Um, he then talks about how he's going to face a guy that's bigger, faster, stronger than L.A. Knight. And he brings out Akira Tozawa. Uh, as soon as the match starts, L.A. Knight comes out there and he's on commentary. Um, the Miz was pissed at this, obviously, because he didn't know what was happening. And the Miz goes to uh, hit a move on Akira Tozawa. And, Akira Tozawa uh, and as Miz is doing it, he does the L.A. Knight, you know, little hand signal. And this man gets rolled up, and he loses to Akira Tozawa, and then L.A. Knight ran in the ring and gave him a BFT. So that was that. I don't know if it's true, but I saw a thing, and I, God, I hope for this poor man's sake it's not true, but apparently the last time Akira Tozawa won a match on WWE TV oh, no. is when he won the Cruiserweight title. Get out of here. I don't know if it's true, but I sadly could believe it. That was fucking and five years ago. I think it was just on Raw, but yeah, that's the last time he won a match on WWE television. It was five years ago. Holy shit. I don't know if it's true, but it's probably not that far off. Even probably if it's not. not. Probably <laughs> not. Um... Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus, dude, this shit isn't even worth talking about. They fucking had another awful promo segment. Who gives a fuck? The match is confirmed for payback. And thanks to fucking Twitter, they're going to put that garbage in the main event, probably. Yeah, at least at the end, you could skip the end. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, beat the, talk about beating the traffic. Um, yeah, exactly. Apparently, actually, the best part about this segment was it was brought to my attention by Logan that the crowd was chanting, we don't fucking care in French. Good. I hope they were. That is beautiful. Absolutely hilarious. That is fucking hilarious. Yeah. And I love that. Um, Yeah, dude, this shit just this shit. This shit sucks and it needs to end. Oh, yeah. Also, we got Becky Lynch versus Zoe Stark confirmed for a falls count anywhere match next week so yay Fun. and the uh women's tag team championships were on the line as um katana chance and kaden carter one of the only good tag teams that wwe has on the main roster um they just lose Another tag team title match. They just fucking lose to Piper Niven and Chelsea Green, the new tag team champions. Don't get those tag titles, man. They anytime there's a woman, there's women's tag champs who are just lame as fuck. There's always real ones that are just on the roster that just get buried every week. So it's the whole women's singles or tag division. The good women are just the jobbers every week. And the fucking mid people are usually. Not, I'm not saying Rhea Ripley's mid at all, but I'm saying, and then, and then the mid people just get everything. I don't get like Raquel Rodriguez, mid of all mid, is the one getting a title match at the pay per view. Like what? What is with this women's division? Seriously, bro. Like, can you fucking tell the story of like Raquel and Rhea? 
you know how I mean I know they're best friends but you could tell the story about how they used to be best friends and stuff and fucking I mean make it a little fucking interesting man I mean what the fuck so Fucking got Ludwig Kaiser being a fucking creep to Maxine Dupree again in the backstage area. This fucking guy. Um, and then in the main event, or what we thought was the main event, uh, Sammy... There was a segment earlier in the night where Rhea told Damien and Finn to talk about who was going to be the tag team out of the Judgment Day because neither of them wanted a team with each other. Finn said he wanted a team with Dominic. Damien said he wanted a team with Dominic. So they both didn't want a team with each other. So when, before Rio went out for her match with Candice, she said, you guys figure it out. By the time she came back, Finn was gone. Damien was sitting in the locker room by himself, and she's like, where's Finn? And he said he got upset and said he needed to go talk to his boy, J.D. McDonough. So, so, Rhea says, you know what, we're going to do this my way. So in the main event, Damien comes out and Rhea comes out uh, holding Finn's wrist uh, and walks him up to Damien Priest. And she says, you guys are teaming together, get the job done. So they go down there, like four minutes into this thing, they try to use the briefcase Damien goes to throw it at Finn, you know, so he can use it. And Kevin Owens fucking intercepts it, hits it, hits Finn in the head with the briefcase right in front of the ref, and they get disqualified. And what's up? Why didn't they get disqualified a few weeks ago? Can they remind us on that? I, I don't know. Seth, Seth just fucking kicked the briefcase into Finn's head right in front of the ref. But that was cool. But this is a big no-no, man. I guess, I I guess it just doesn't fucking make sense. Yeah, my bad. Logan's right. My bad. Thanks for calling me out on that. Um, Damien went to throw it at at uh Finn, but it fell on the ground, and JD came from the crowd and grabbed it, and and he went to throw it at Finn, and um that's when Kevin Owens intercepted it. So I'm assuming that's going to play more into the, the briefcase comes in between the judgment day story. They got going. Yes, it was, it was JD. Um, so Kevin Owens hits him in the head with it. And then Kevin and Sammy started getting attacked crowd chance for Cody. Cody comes out there and we get a fucking six man to end the show. Look at that man. Uh, Same people in the match, bro. God damn. Cody lets uh Cody hits a crossroads on I believe it's either Finn or Dominic, and then they hit the stunner and the Luva kick and they win the match. So the baby faces win and send the crowd home happy. So that was that was that. God Yep, that was what it at Raw, man. Um, I'm tired of the fucking saying. I'm t- I'm genuinely tired of ending unscripted, talking about goddamn near the same main event every fucking week. I'm so tired of it. Oh, dude, I swear to God, half the time we start fucking unscripted, complaining about AEW, about Orange Cassidy. 
Yep. And then we end the fucking show complaining about the fucking main event of the same eight people on Raw. Like, Dude, holy fuck. It is literally the same fucking three guys from the Judgment Day. And and it's Kevin, Sammy, Cody, or Seth. I Same fucking dude. seven or eight people. Sometimes they throw number eight as like a wild card, like with like fucking Nakamura or something. But dude, <sighs> horrible. But the episode of Monday Night Raw overall wasn't the worst thing ever. Uh, you know, uh, honestly, it was it was fucking bad. To be, I'm not even gonna cap. It, it was, it was fucking boring, man. It was boring as fuck. I mean, that's that's just how it is. I mean, Gable and Gunther was great on the show. I love the opening segment with Sammy. It wasn't all fucking horrible, but majority of the show was boring as sin, bro. Boring as fuck. Horrible. Literally, yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't know. There's, I don't know. Boring as shit, bro. But yeah, other than that, dude, that's everything for the week of wrestling, bro. Horrible fucking week of AEW Dynamite. Other than the Edge stuff, the show is pretty much based around Edge. So I mean, SmackDown wasn't really that crazy. Yeah. Um, so that, and then Collision was. Meh, this week, in my honest opinion. Monday Night Raw had good spots, and it also had just boring as fuck for the majority of it, in my honest opinion, bro. Um, yeah. yeah. Telling you, man, weird. What is, what is wrestling in the state of right now, man? You hate to see it like this, dude. It was doing so good. And now, you know, it's fucking just playing this could be all around. Yeah. It's either some, um, yeah. It's either, it's either something really good, which, and Triple H is WWE. There's kind of a handful, if you can even call it Triple H is WWE anymore. But damn, when he first, like earlier this year, bro. God, we were eating. Yeah, shit was popping. We were shit eating, was popping, bro. Man. And now it's kind of just they're keeping it on the kettle, man. But they ain't, they ain't giving us a bowl or nothing. No. They're giving yeah. those fucking those little school bowls that they give you that have like this much of fucking food in it. That's all we get. Yeah, like a fucking Denny's side of mac and cheese or some shit. Oh my god, fucking three fucking bites. Oh, how much was that fucking bowl of mac I think and it was cheese? Fucking four dollars and thirty nine cents. Fucking scammers, man! What the fuck was that? The hell, god. man! So. I don't know, man. I don't know. So, good lord, yeah. The <laughs> I don't know, man. But yeah, that's that's everything. That's everything we got for the week of wrestling for you guys today. Uh, today, man. So with that, thank you guys so very much for hanging out with us, man. Talking about the week, um, and yeah, man. So I hope I hope Dynamite turns out okay next week, man. Because I'm not ready to watch another fucking god awful episode of AEW. But um, really not. Yeah, but other than that, man, other than that, that is going to do it for this edition of Notorious Unscripted, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 157. Thank you guys so very much. Thank you guys, man. Um, Thank you guys. We love you guys, and it is always, always, always a pleasure for my Johnny Mayhem. And I, Sir K. And that is going to do it for this edition 
of the Notorious Heels podcast, another great edition of Notorious Unscripted. Ladies and gentlemen, please like, comment, and subscribe, and we will see you guys on Friday with the news. Peace. Like I'm brainless, guns are like I'm stainless steel. I want the fuck.